This is Larry's 530 Roundtable on Newstalk 610 CKTB. Let's meet the panel today. Director, Co-op, Career, and Experiential Education at Brock University, Kara Kresik in the studio. Hello, Kara. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for coming back. How are you? Good. I'm very good. Excellent. Also... Professor at Niagara College, former mayor, city of Welland, Damian Goldborn in the studio. Hello, Damian. Hi, how are you, Larry? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. I have two educators here in the uh, studio. Wonderful. Let me ask you, I'll start with you, Kara. How's uh, prep for school going? How's that all Yeah, this together? week is, yeah, it's a uh, definitely prep is probably the right word for it. We have 5,000 new uh, students coming on campus uh, and about 19,000 that will be joining us next week all together. So it's like welcoming a city back into a city. <laughs> it really is. Wow. Yes. wow. Yeah. So, and it is it's an exciting week for us. Uh, it's a total change on Tuesday. I always say it's uh, interesting because you've got everything from excitement to fear to complete, uh, you know, not knowing where people are going. And it's it's actually, but it, it's so much fun. It's probably, it's one of my, it's one of the most fun weeks of the year um, for the students too, I think, and Regards, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good yeah. week. And, and somehow it all it all seems to work. It year all to year. works, yeah. And we glitch here too, but it all works. Well, and all mostly. summer we plan for this year, right? Yeah. So you know, I, I, the the staff is ready. Um, you know, everyone's ready to have students back, and we do have some students on campus throughout the summer. But um, obviously, the majority of our students return in the fall. And wow. Yeah, we've got, and we were just talking, we got lots of students going out on co-op work terms, and then some coming back from their work terms, and so there's lots of changes that happen throughout the season. Isn't that, that right? Season. Yeah. Damien, yeah. set set to go, same kind of idea, a lot of people on their on their way? It, it's very hectic, uh, and our college has become a, a 12-month operation. We have uh, many programs that go through the entire summer, so there really isn't a pause like we had in the past, where we could kind of catch our breath. Teachers are teaching all throughout the summer, administrations, they're all through the summer. There are students walking through the halls all the time, hundreds of students uh, walking through the halls. So it's not like it is during the main year and you got thousands of students in the hallways. But still, uh, it is hectic this week as we try to gear up for uh, orientation. Uh, we have a, a tradition in our college called Niagara Day. So it's the Wednesday before we go into the, or, um, the orientation where Dan Patterson, our president, and our senior management team on ro- roll out some of the initiatives, talk about uh, the enrollment targets. We have many, many, many programs that are waitlisted. I'm in the School of Business, and uh, the majority of the school, majority of the programs in my school are waitlisted because uh, students are just looking at that applied alternative for learning, and it mm-hmm. really seems to be working out. But uh, one thing that we're really lucky to have, uh, we've had it for two years now, is a really dynamic school council that's been leading our orientation activities and breathing new life into, because we have to do everything in duplicate, right? Everything we do at the Niagara campus, we have to do it well in campus. So we're really grateful right. to have that student leadership mm-hmm. and running a lot of the orientations in cooperation with staff. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Talk about student leadership at Brock, too. I imagine that's yes. crucial. Yeah, yeah. so they run the orientation as well uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. It, so that we work collaboratively with them between administration and, and the student union. And uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a fulsome effort. Lots of conversations. And, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of buzz in the air and excitement. This is a little bit of the calm before the storm uh, this week. But Tuesday, yeah. move-in day is this weekend. And then after that, it's... Uh, you know, a complete 
Different, different world. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of lessons in getting along, let's move right to the regional council uh, topic. And uh, maybe Damien, I'll start with you. I, I don't even, I don't know where to start. And I don't, I don't know where to go next with this whole CAO story of the, the hiring of the CEO under a cloud, and now this contract extension, which apparently the chair had no authority to give. So I, I sat on regional council for seven years when I was uh, the mayor, and uh, but we had Mike Trojan as our CAO. He was a longtime CAO, so we never really had the performance issues that we're seeing now, nor did we have the issue about how he was hired, because he moved up through the ranks. But when it came to his contract being renewed, it was always a matter of council. It always went to all of council. It was in the agenda. It was highlighted in the agenda. The regional chair is responsible for identifying who would speak to uh, when an, when um, the regional agenda comes out uh, there are councillors or mayors that are listed on the agenda to speak to an issue and this would be highlighted there would be someone on the agenda yeah. that would speak and introduce the CAO's uh, renewal contract uh, to to the council so I'm a bit surprised that that didn't happen in the process and I think it's very inappropriate that it was unilaterally renewed by the uh, chair but at the same time I don't believe it's valid because it wasn't, um, didn't go through the proper process, didn't go to council. So we're having a lot of a conversation with what I feel about nothing. uh, That since council never approved it, it's not a done deal. I would agree. Mm -hmm. Kara, I mean, from what you know about it, everybody's been saying, we've had legal opinions saying, well, it's just not valid. Yeah, so I I, I wonder, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, from a contract perspective, if he has a signed contract, if it can be considered invalid or not, and depending on how far down the path they are, because you could have, yeah, I I don't know all the... the, uh, uh, you know the details behind it, so it depends how far down they were with renewing the contract. Yeah. Uh, to what, who says what is valid? I understand you're not going through the process, so that would make it invalid. But from a pure employment perspective, it would be interesting to see what the uh, from a contractual perspective. Well, thank thank goodness you have a legal expert in me here in the studio. <laughs> Because I, I actually talked to the former Niagara Integrity Commissioner, who's a lawyer, John Miscarran, on this. So, and I'll try and make this short, but if you uh, sign a contract with me, I'm from uh, Coca-Cola, and I sign a contract with you to be my trucking company, and my president tells me or tells you, I don't have the authority to sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say, listen, I have a vice president of Coca-Cola here, signature, this is binding, and, and the law might agree with you. That doesn't apply to municipal boards. Oh, interesting. Bingo. So you have to have the authority. So it doesn't matter whether you believe the authority was there or whether the signature is there. It doesn't apply. Because yeah, he acts as a as a representative of council yeah. as opposed to the head of council. Yeah, the, yeah. In the municipal act, it clearly states, it never actually uses the word councillor. It uses the word council in an act of council. And actually, the uh, in the municipal act, it talks about the head of council as to provide leadership to council. All decisions have to be made by council as a whole with quorum. So uh, a, a councillor or chair does not have that authority to make that happen. Yeah. It's an act of counsel. Mm. And you know who's supposed to know about that authority? Hmm. The CAO. And his legal <laughs> and legal counsel That's and right. HR, who are all involved in this process and should have been providing good feedback. For yeah, us. isn't it interesting? So what, what, I mean, what does happen next? Obviously, Damien, you know better than anybody in the room, we're not electing the chair this year. No, we're not. No. 
So, I mean, what what happens here um, in this? It's just a... So, I, I, you know, I was running for regional council as the chair, and then Doug Ford canceled the election. So I am very passionate about this topic, uh, being the prosperity of Niagara and what happens at regional council. And I've been listening to the radio show, uh, yours and others, um, for several weeks now as uh, citizens start to become aware. I was on the campaign trail stunned by how many people understood this issue uh it still hasn't penetrated to everyone but i gotta tell you this weekend went to a lot of different things uh, family and uh, things in the community consistently they were talking about the cao i can't believe how much his wages are i can't believe that he renewed the contract i can't believe that they're gonna buy him out there was even at one point a million dollars so i think it's hit the public consciousness i think people wanted that breaking point it's happened i do believe people are going to use that as a uh, an election issue when they're campaigning those being candidates so i think you may see a new crop of leaders around the regional council table but the problem with that is if they're inexperienced, if they don't have municipal governance experience, will they know how to handle that? So I hope that we have a balance, a balance of returning councillors that understand process and the role of council, plus some new councillors who want to take this issue on and do a better job for Niagara, because I think you're going to need both perspectives to tackle this issue, because it is a little complex, just like the conversation mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. had a it few is, minutes yeah. ago, right? So we need a balance of returning councillors that are passionate about Niagara, that want to do the right thing, and some new councillors that understand this is a moment in time where we have to act boldly. Ooh, that includes some mayors who come back because the, a few of them, a couple of mayors at least, we think may return. I think there's be, be several mayors coming back. Yeah, right. And I think part of it is just the the nature of the beast because the region's been in the spotlight so much that people haven't been really paying attention to municipal politics. So there isn't a lot of candidates running against current mayors, and current mayors yeah. have been doing a pretty good job too. I have to I think on the whole, I think everybody's pretty proud of them. So you'll see a lot of them coming back, uh, and you need that type of experience to tackle such a substantial issue like. On this particular HR slash legal issue. Yeah, and Kara, I just don't like the way it looks on us. Yeah, and I agree, though. I think that in any type of situation where you have a mixture between, uh, you know, some, you know, quote unquote, new blood and and some experience, it does give the opportunity to uh, to to lessen some of the confusion because it 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 doesn't look good on us. I think, and the fact that there is a spotlight on municipal politics right now, I think, speaks to the amount of confusion that there has been. So I do, but I, you know, I know some people that are throwing their names into the uh, hat and that are that are like I that I was kind of like, wow, I didn't know you were interested in politics, but they said that they were interested in it because of things that have happened uh, regionally. So I think that's exciting. I think that we need more people to actually feel engaged and passionate about the city that you live in. And to be an engaged citizen is something I think that's, you know, a responsibility uh, that, that we have to to uh, our community. So, Kara Kresik is Director, Co-op Career and Experiential Education at Brock University. Damian Goldborn, Professor at Niagara College, former Mayor, City of Welland, on our 530 Roundtable. Just for change of pace, American politics. Oh, uh, here we go. Well, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. How about uh, Donald Trump, though, did finally say something nice about John McCain. Actual, didn't sound particularly sincere, but he said it. So I have been racing from meeting to meeting all day. I would love to hear what this nice thing he said, because I think it was pretty insulting the way he's behaved in this entire process with John McCain. Well, apparently the pressure was on uh, Trump himself to say something nice. So he, he said, but we're proud of the accomplishments of John. I don't have the clip handy, but yeah. basically it's a very wow. short yeah. thing that he said, at least something directed at the career of John McCain, the not just condolences to the family. Right. Whatever. And I think the pressure actually was coming from the Legion. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was 
really coming from the Legion and from some of his base supporters is what I had read that really had because he hadn't even lowered the the flag uh, at that point I think they said yesterday that they lowered at midday after they got a uh, quite in a a very pointed um, uh, letter from the uh, mm-hmm. head of the Legion that said we this is how we need is to respect right? our, vet- uh-huh. our veterans yeah so uh, I think that that and considering that that's a, there's a lot of base support there that that Perhaps pushed. Uh, that's what they're saying, anyways. The, they are, but <laughs> it's curious that we even care here in Canada. Like John McCain has no relevance to us here in Canada. Definitely, Donald Trump does, uh, particularly as we're in the middle of NAFTA negotiations. But it's just the ongoing treatment that he has for people. Yeah, I think our Canadian does. sensibility, that, and we've seen what John McCain has has done in the past. There's been a click that's been running uh, continuously all weekend uh, during the the uh, town hall meeting he had uh, when he was going up against uh, Barack Obama, and there was a citizen who. Uh, saying he's a Muslim, he's a Muslim, we don't want him here. And he actually corrected that individual. Never do you see in a debate, you know, someone actually go to the defense of the person that you're running against, uh, particularly in that context. And he did it. He was a noble person who um, cared about America. And we tap into that as just human beings and individuals. And to see someone like that treated that way by a leader, it just sends a, a message that we all disagree with and want to see people do better somebody i think paraphrased um uh, i will paraphrase the mccain uh concession speech to obama he said uh he was my opponent but now he is my president mm-hmm. and just a uh a, a sense that we haven't seen for the last couple of years when this new wave of american politics under trump right so. well i think there's just the it, it just speaks to that the respect piece and then when somebody passes away who has given his life to the country like in servitude has given his life and to not have that respect back uh and somebody who has given it at that level um and and so then i think you go talk back you know what you Damon just said about you know as canadians it kind of goes against our sensibilities i think that that's part of it right you know as much as uh, somebody can disagree with you uh, at that point in, the, in somebody's life and the, thanking them for the servitude to the country to me is just uh, was was mind-boggling if it wasn't Donald Trump I guess Damien you mentioned NAFTA <laughs> and I wanted to get to that because it looks like he has succeeded Donald Trump has succeeded in killing NAFTA there won't there won't be a NAFTA whatever it is and it won't be called NAFTA. So I've been paying attention to the news reports for the past 24 hours also because I'm very curious about this topic. I've always been passionate about economic development. I teach in the School of Business, so these things matter to us. We're in a tourism area, so the relationships between Americans and Canadians are really important. And so the way it was framed uh, on BNN this morning was really interesting, how all that Donald Trump announced was a discussion and the results of the discussion, not an agreement. And yet he's trying to present it in such a way through his Donald Trump way of negotiating by saying, look, there's the two of us, now you got to come play ball mm-hmm. with us, Canada, right? right? It's a, it's a right. typical negotiation tactic. And i got to say, I've been so impressed with uh, Kristen Freeland and uh, her approach, strong, strong leadership, uh, uh, calm when she speaks. And I don't mean that in a, a voice way, but how she's able to see the issues, find a way forward, represent Canada's interests, but also stand up for Canada. I know there's others that aren't proud of what she's been doing, but I actually think she's done a fantastic job. So let her do her work over the next few days. Let's yep. see what comes yep. out of this before we judge too quickly. He's got some negotiating tactics, and I think we've got a really good team in Canada also on the other side. Uh, let's see what happens by the end of the week, early into next. And it's not just these couple of days. This has been going on for a year. This is the latest little mm-hmm. chapter mm-hmm. on this. 
I laugh because I think it actually reminds me of schoolyard. You don't talk about politics. Ah. It's kind of like me and my friend are going to go over here and we're going to have a conversation. And when, when we come back, you're going to have to agree to this if you want in the circle. And that's, that's actually Very much so. when I was reading it. I was laughing. I'm thinking like, wow, like I have to talk to my daughter about these things at school. Or, you know, it, it's truly to me, it, it, it came across as, you know, yes, negotiation tactics, but things that people learn along the way that work to manipulate. Uh, so anyways, that was my that was my comparison today when I was thinking about it. I think it's fair. <laughs> I, I, I met Christopher Freeland about two weeks ago. I had a chance mm-hmm. just to say hello quickly in a sort of a lineup of people. And I was a little starstruck. I know. I'm, I'm a fan of hers as I, well. I am so too. I'm why. impressed. I'm yeah. impressed. I I, uh, I like the the approach that we've been taking as a country. I know that there's been others who said that there are other options mm-hmm. and ways forward. Everybody should have their opinion. But I just like the approach. I think it's thoughtful. We're not lowering ourselves to that schoolyard yep. behaviors. Okay. I love that example. It's so applicable of how he engages in negotiations. Well done. And we're not playing that game. We're, 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 we're diplomatic. Uh, we're trying to find a path forward that's in the best interest of the citizens. So I say give us time. I don't think we're coming across as panicked either, which I think is actually is key. And, and, and it doesn't point. come across, yeah. you know, going back to that is, oh my goodness, if they're not going to come talk to me. Like it, it has been a very cool, calm like way in approaching it, which I think actually uh, works. And, and obviously it's working for us. So. Baggage okay. fees have gone up. Air Canada and WestJet. Do we just write this off as the cost of flying or is it uh, time to raise a ruckus, Bill of Rights and all that stuff, Kara? I don't know. Like, I think that it's funny how we adapt to things because I've just learned to pack a lot less. (laughs) And now by the time that you get to the gate, they basically put it on the plane for you for free anyways. <laughs> but I, I, when I saw that it was $50 for the second bag, I thought like really unless I was going somewhere far for long, would I take two bags with me anywhere? So I don't, I, it actually didn't strike me as being uh, really that concerning. I guess there is a cost of flying. There's a cost to, sometimes I get more worried when it's really cheap and I think what are they cutting the corners on? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I, so going to $30 for your first bag, if you if it's big enough, I don't know. I, I I have no problem paying it. What if, what if you're getting a bag and golf clubs? Is that golf clubs fifty bucks suddenly? Well, if you can afford to golf wherever you're going, you can afford the cost of that bag. But I look at the, I'm with you. When we travel for a week somewhere, we're one bag, and, and we've mastered the art. All my business trips carry on, and you know I married a wonderful Italian. We have three kids. We want to go back to Italy. We were pricing it out for our family. For you got to go for a couple of weeks, right? It's ten thousand dollars. You're going to need two yeah. bags, right? Yeah. So you're going to pay it so within that context it really doesn't mean much uh, i hate how we're nickel and dimed that is just a thing that i just can't stand mm-hmm. but when you compare and contrast that cost to whether you're going to need a second bag and where you're going i don't think it's something to get too worked up about yet another report on fake fish uh the fish labeled in in grocery stores and restaurants uh mostly the things like uh tuna uh i think sea bass are not tuna and sea bass at all Anybody? Big fish eater, Kara? It's funny. I heard about this. I was saying earlier, I heard about this about sushi. I was so disappointed that when they, apparently, when you order tuna in a sushi restaurant, is it very rarely tuna. Yeah, Um, white tuna. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I, I... I don't know. I, I don't really have a... I guess it's disappointing. Of course, as a consumer, you want to actually know what you're buying. I think that that's fair. So I think that that's more where the um, the transparency should come in. If it's if they don't have it, then say that, like, don't sell it, like, under that, under that pretense. 
So, uh, you, Damien? No, I'm just saying this, this one definitely upsets me compared to the previous one because uh, the companies are not telling us the truth, right? And, we're, and I know it's, it's buyer beware, but if they're packaging and label it as a certain product, we want to make sure that's the product. I, I, most of the fish outside of maybe like a swordfish or a salmon taste like fish to me, and I don't know the difference between the tilapia <laughs> That's why they do it. That's not exactly. They're relying exactly. on that. But the one, they, they, they replace a lot of this fish with something called escalar, which is has a nickname, the laxative of the sea. Oh, lovely. Oh, gross. <laughs> because it does cause some problems for people. So there's the other issue is, is it actual health concerns, right? Not yeah. just... Oh, I think... I would I'd like to hear how this story unfolds and try to identify what are the companies that are purchasing these products yeah. and retailing them, because that will have an impact on where I shop, that's yeah. for sure. By the way, today, uh, pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. <laughs> I don't know when Tim's anybody else is coming, but it's it's out today. Too soon? Too soon. This is the most passionate. I, 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 on my Facebook memories the other day came up something I posted that said, okay, easy, everybody on the pumpkin spice. It is not fall yet. Let's enjoy summer. We wait for it you, for the entire season. Do you have it eventually, though? Because I won't even go near oh, it. Oh, eventually. Yeah. Uh, some like I'm not a, I'm not a, I have friends that like run to Starbucks when it's oh pumpkin spice comes out, but it's August. It I don't want to talk about take pumpkin it in October. Exactly. It's August. Yes. I'm going to milk it as long as possible. I'm with you. Yeah. And somebody worse today. Somebody said, "Oh, the PSL is back," and I'm like, "Oh, it's it's PSL now. You can't oh even say goodness. pumpkin spice." And I'm supposed to, you're supposed to know what that means, of course. It took the me a PSL. moment. There. You got me for a second. I had to wait mm. make sure you're going to explain oh, it. So the PSL. Yeah, not yet. Damian Goldborn, <laughs> professor at Niagara College, former mayor, city of Welland, Kara Kresic, director of co-op career and experiential education at Brock University. All the best at your campuses. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you both for being here today. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks for the invitation. That's our five thirty roundtable.